Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you're in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Jay Rich, give me my theme music, baby. Give me my theme music, baby. GMGP. It is Monday, September 18, 2023. Y'all decided to wake y'all ass up. Ray G, and I appreciate y'all being in the building. Jay Rich, I don't know if your mom told you, but when you're talking to adults, man, you need to take your hat off, take your shades off. But damn it, we don't care about none of that. Colorado got another dub, baby. Let's get it. CU over CSU, GMGP. Appreciate everybody being in the building. We got a damn good show on tap for you. Who we got in the building this morning? I see my dog Jimbo in the building. Look at that. Jimbo said, who else sat Puka? Talking about Puka Nakua. I see my man Seven Gold Ring, Shane Joe, Happy, uh, Marlon in the building. Man, it's a lot. Cold World, TDE, Josh in the building, Patrick, man, it's a good show. Rico in the building. What's going down? Everybody appreciate y'all tapping into the show. And yes, we are repping one Coach Prime, Deion Sanders. We in the building. Jay Rich, how you doing this morning, baby? I'm good, man. I'm good. It's funny that you did this bit because literally before the show started, I thought about this and I was like, I'm surprised that you haven't said, give me my theme music to start yeah. the show. And I was going to mention it, but you did it on your own. So we're yeah, in man. sync there. So I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. We're gonna do uh, you got the Supreme like hat on. You need to get the shades though. That's the thing. We got to get I, I, I'm, the Dion shades. Coming, man. These, these are, these They're are coming? This is the okay, best good. I got right. These are the coaching <laughs> baseball shades. This is the best I got right now. This is the best I got. I'm oh, trying yeah. to get me a Colorado jersey. Not going to come yeah. in in time. This is the best I got. But uh, yeah, man, Jay, it was a lot that happened this past weekend. I'm excited for it. We got a lot of people in the building. We got a big show today. We're going to talk a little yep. college. We got to talk a lot of overreaction stuff. We're going to talk some week through week two college football. But um, just your overall thoughts on the weekend, man. Did you enjoy the games? I know your Patriots lost last night, unfortunately, uh, versus the Miami Dolphins. But everything other than that, how was everything, man? It was good. It was good. I thought it was a much better slate of football this week. You know, first Ooh. week, teams were a little rusty. I thought a lot of, you know, regression kind of hit. Teams kind of came back to form. Some did not, but we'll talk about that. But yeah, I thought it was a much better slate of football this weekend. Even in college, for when there's not a lot of marquee games, I believe there was no top 25 matchups. No. A lot of good college football this week. And this week, Ray, my goodness, I think there's like eight top 25 matchups this weekend. It's going to be an awesome week for college football. Yeah, man, it's going to be. And, 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 and what I'm doing today, people, I am going to timestamp the show live as we do it. Everybody gets on my ass after the show. Can you put the timestamps on? We're doing it right now, Jay. We're doing it right now. So let's talk about it really quickly. You know, the, a big part of what we do here is we follow the rookies. We talk about dynasty, dynasty rookie drafts. Once we get to rookie draft season, we're doing live mocks on the show. We get the people involved with the mocks. Uh, but that's a big part of what we do following the college process. And like you said, I have not seen any official numbers yet, Jay. But the okay. fact that I was up at 1 o'clock in the morning, 1 a.m. my time, watching Colorado, Colorado State, Jay, that, that just tells you 
the power that Coach Deion Sanders has, the draw that his team brings to the football landscape. He has changed college football forever. And one of the wilder things, Jay, is how many people want him to fail. I've never yeah. seen how many people want to see them lose, want to see them fail, want to see them play bad, want to see them be bad. Him, Shador Sanders, and Travis Hunter. So we're watching the game. We're all up till 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. Double overtime win for Colorado. They improved to 3-0 in the season, Jay. All those under 3.5 win tickets are probably nuked at this yeah. point if you bet the under on Colorado. I don't know what they ended up being ranked, or we'll find out what their ranking is today. Uh, but did you get a chance to watch the game? What do you think about the game in general, the environment, the hype? They had Wheezy out there. The Rock is on mm -hmm. the sidelines. I mean, you would have thought they were in L.A. They were in Boulder, Colorado, though. The economic impact that's happening for the state of Colorado, for college football, for that program. Did you watch the game? I only watched the first half because, as you mentioned, 1.30 a.m. Central Crazy. Time. I was like, you know what, man? Like, it was getting close. And I was like, if it goes to overtime, like, so be it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was just like, yeah, this game is. And even the first quarter was like an hour because there was the fight and there was this, that or the other. A lot of push and shove and a lot of things going on in that game. Um, to your point about the poll, they are currently 19th in the poll right now at 3-0. So, again, still pretty solid behind Duke, North Carolina, Oklahoma. But they'll slowly come up the ranks. But they do have a lot of marquee games down the line. Uh, but awesome game. You know, I watched it the day after. I had some time in the morning. was able to watch it. Awesome game. Great from Shador Sanders. A, a, especially when you talk about early on, he kind of struggled in the game. Got it going later on. Showed the poise. Showed the showed what he does on offense and why he's going to be a great quarterback at the next level. I think you just talk about, the, like, and I want you to talk about this a little bit, the pressure he must be under oh, every crazy. single game to be great. It's crazy, man. It's like, I almost would compare it to Joe Burrow because of what Joe Burrow did and how he was just great. You know, SEC is different, but even still, I'm just talking about pressure. I think that's the biggest thing for me is for him to continue to look good and poised and deliver strikes time and time again, even when he doesn't always play that well, that shows the kind of player he is. And I think that's why he'll be successful at the NFL level. Well, let's talk about Shador for a minute, Jay, because, you know, we're sitting back and I know it seems early in the season, man, but we are already two weeks in the NFL season book. Right. Fantasy season ends for most people. If you don't make the playoffs, what's it? Week 14 is when the playoffs yeah. start for most. So you've got to start tapping into the prospects who could potentially be in the 2024 NFL draft class. And you look at the quarterback position, Jay. Right now, I believe the only surefire, sure thing as far as ranking and order for the 2024 class is the number one quarterback, which is Caleb Williams. That's solidified. Yeah. He is currently, according to DraftKings, the betting favorite to win the Heisman Trophy would be a back-to-back -back winner. Has not been done since Archie Griffin at Ohio State. He's plus 380 on DraftKings right now to get that done. But you look at the other quarterbacks in this class. Jay, it's probably like 10 guys you could throw up there. Quinn Ewers, J.J. McCarthy, Drake mm -hmm. May is the common name at the top. But I'm already seeing some people say I'm not quite sure if May is the quarterback too. Whether that's warranted or not, you're seeing some people say that. You've got Shador Sanders, J.J. McCarthy, Bo Nix. And then you got the dude who, in my opinion, man, has been the most impressive player in college football, Michael Penix Jr. out of Washington. I know he's a little bit older, injury history longer than a CVS receipt. He's currently number two, according to DraftKings, on the Heisman odds at plus 600. I mean, every week Penix goes out there, Jay. He's dropping three, 400 yards. They're pulling him. He's smashing teams. He's going to put up monster numbers. Washington's going to be right there in the thick of it, probably winning the Pac-12 this year. 
them in Oregon on a collision course. Pac-12 is just loaded, but you look at these quarterbacks, and it's a damn good quarterback class, Jay. Shador, is he going to stay? Is he going to go? If I had to lean on one one or the other, right now I'd say he stays. Travis Hunter still yeah. has another year at Colorado, and if he came back for that 2025 class, you look at that one, and it's looking pretty shaky. There isn't really anybody. I mean, Drew Alar, okay, but it hasn't that's been it. good so far at Penn State. So looking at the quarterbacks, that's the position everybody's kind of honed in on. And then the receivers, Jay, did you uh, see Malik Neighbors? 239 oh, of yards. Of course. Yeah, just another LSU oh monster receiver coming out. And you talk about this wide receiver class in 2024. My goodness. Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, Romo Dunze, Xavier Worthy, Emeka Ibuka, Keon Coleman. And put some respect on Troy Franklin's name from Oregon. I think Troy Franklin, at the end of the day, is going to work his way into being a top 50 pick and probably a first rounder. But quarterback class, dope. Tight end class with Brock Powers, Jatavian Sanders, Bryson Nesbitt, dope. Running back class. It's a it's 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 mid, right. It's not yeah. good. It is not good right now looking at the 2024 running backs. But any other news and, and quick takeaways from college before we dive into the NFL news, hit some injury reports. There was quite a bit that happened this weekend in the NFL. Oh, uh, no, nothing for me, man. It's just, it's the quarterbacks. It's the resurgence of the Sam Hartmans, the Bo Nicks, yes, you know, even Sam DJU Hartman. to some degree. Yes. Like, I think the craziest story is that the Pac-12 is literally dissolving and they are kind of, in some ways, the most exciting conference in college football. Absolutely. And that's Absolutely. insane. Did you? And they see, can't even get a TV deal. Did you see Nick Saban after their game this past week? My goodness. I mean... Nick looks like he's going through it. Alabama hadn't been down this was bad. Was it 17 all. to 7 or 17 to They have not three. been down, this down bad in a very long time. The Crimson Tide looked bad. They have no quarterback. I, I mean, no, no receivers, we're right? Like, any, we're not talking about any Bama player being uh, offensive skill position player being a first rounder. Not no. one. I mean, it is it is rough in Tuscaloosa, Jay. But let's move on to the NFL. There's a lot of injury yep. news uh, and notes. So let's just go ahead and get into it. what we got injury wise, man. All right, Ray, I'll run through it, and you let me know if you want to talk about any of these guys. So first, your boy, Anthony Richardson, had a concussion after a second touchdown. You know, unfortunately, these things happen. Just hit his head hard, so we'll see what happens with him. Hopefully, he does return in week three. You have in the notes about 60% chance of returning, or 60% chance of missing week three and potentially returning week four, but we hope he is ultimately back. Devontae Adams as well, another concussion for him. If he does have concussion protocol, he's 38% to return playing the following week. He could be out, but chances are I think he's going to play. We'll be okay there. Joe Burrow re-injured his calf late in the Bengals game on top oh, of not playing very well on top of that, but we'll see with Joe Burrow. You know, you talked about how you watched his press conference after the fact, and he seemed very I couldn't see in those glasses. I, I couldn't see anything. <laughs> I literally could not see. The screen was blurry. I had to take them shits off. Go ahead, my bad, man. <sighs> But Joe Burrow re-injured his calf, so we'll have to monitor his status. You know, again, maybe he misses a couple of weeks. Probably not an IR stint, but we could see some missed time. But with the Bengals being 0-2, he may have to put that money to to show his worth with all that money they're paying him and get out there and try and play football. Uh, the most concerning, I think, in terms of injuries is probably Saquon Barkley. Uh, the video of his injury looked bad. Like, in real time, it looked bad. It looked like yeah. he kind of got bent up backwards. His ankle got twisted a little bit. We're not sure the mechanism quite of the injury just yet. We're still waiting on the MRI and the final testing for that, but it was a ankle injury. We don't know if it's high ankle or low ankle. Some people think high ankle. Some people think low ankle. We'll get a prognosis on that probably today. Dave Montgomery has a knee injury. People think it could be a contusion, but they're not ultimately sure yet. 
even still, he still had a pretty good game himself, but we'll see his status for week three. Shouldn't be a big issue unless it turns out to be a serious injury, but shouldn't be too bad. Odell Beckham Jr. has a mild ankle sprain, right? To be honest, didn't even notice this part from Odell. He just... Is he in the lineup? Is he not? But apparently it was very I mean, early in the he game. Started off, he started off looking good. He started off looking good, and then and then he got hurt, and I was just hoping it wasn't his knee. He was walking around on the yeah. sideline at the end, so hopefully it's not too bad. Yeah, we have Amon Ross St. Brown was apparently dealing with cramping throughout the game. Obviously, he was still okay. Should be fine. Should impact. Should play, sorry, in week three. Garrett Wilson apparently got the wind knocked out of him. Had a great game, surprisingly, against the Cowboys, so good for Garrett Wilson. Chase Edmonds, timeline of being ruled out suggests serious injury, but it could be a two- to four-week issue. And then Darnell Mooney is questionable. He was jogging on the sidelines, stressing a low ankle sprain. Probably going to be back in week three, but we'll see. And then last but not least, Ray, of course, Aaron Rodgers had to be in the news. He uh, apparently yes. is going to be listening to Dolphins having sex to help his injury recovery. And he also got, it was the speed bridge. What? <laughs> it was... He got the speed. I think it was it's the speed bridge, I believe, is the Achilles surgery that he received. You should have got that surgery, right? It's the same one that Cam Akers got when he was back in six months. Now we will get to Cam Akers news in a minute. But Aaron Rodgers trying to make it re a return for the playoffs for the Jets, assuming, of course, they can make the playoffs. But, Ray, your boy, Cam Akers, is apparently done in L.A. He's even tweeting about how he doesn't know what's going on. Inactive after, what was it, 22 carries last week? Nobody knows what's going on in LA with Cam Akers. It makes absolutely zero sense. Do you have any thoughts on these injuries, though, heading into week three? Yeah, they piled up this week. These are very they unfortunate really did, yeah. injuries. Anthony Richardson's injury sucked because he was smashing at the start of that game. Cool that yep. he self-reported. Did you see that he self-reported his concussion symptoms, which is... Really? Yeah. That, That's that, awesome. That, he said that something wasn't right. He self-reported. They took him in. Ruled him out. Good for him for for taking his own health into consideration. We'll talk about Cincinnati and, and and what that means for the Bengals and those pass catchers and that offense in general. You know, Amon Ra looked a little, got drugged down from behind. I'm glad it was just cramps. Yeah. And then, of course, Saquon Barkley. It just, just Yet sucks, again. man. Sucks. Seems like every, every year you just can't have nice things when it comes to Saquon, but... You know, other than that, it doesn't seem like we had anything that was long term or anybody that's going to be out for the season, which is encouraging. So yep. overall, if we can escape uh, Monday night football without serious injuries, we will happily take it and move on to week three. But now it's time for my favorite segment, Jay. It is time to overreact. We've got to do it. We've got to overreact. We've got to talk about some players that we either want to buy or trade away due to what they've been doing early this season. And let's start out with, um, I'm going to switch up the flow of this, Jay. I'm going to switch up the flow. I know what I have in the show, Doc. But let's start okay. out with the quarterback. Let's go with the young second-year quarterback who has been playing um, some pretty damn good football this year for the Washington Commanders. And I want to talk about Sam Howell, Jay. Sam Howell right now has the Washington Commanders 2-0, and beat the Arizona Cardinals, and then he beat the Denver Broncos on the uh, – miracle in my high that never was yeah. but Sam Howell is making plays he's 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 making some young quarterback mistakes but by and large he's getting the ball to his playmakers he's moving the, he's moving the offense up and down the field is it Eric Bieniemy? this this is it's looking good in Washington with Sam Howell I'll just say I'm optimistic I'm encouraged by what we've seen are you fully buying into Sam Howell being the long-term answer in Washington, Jay? Uh, no, I wouldn't say I'm buying into him long term, but I definitely think he's looking good. You know, he's making plays. As you mentioned, he does make mistakes, but it's his, what, third career start in the NFL. 
I think the issue is, is that where would he fall within that threshold? Um, I mean, chances are he's probably not too expensive, right? But is someone going to trade him for a second round pick? Probably not, especially the way he's playing. And so then you're looking at two plus or a first. I think at that price, I'm not quite there yet on Sam Powell. But if you believe, I don't hate it, right? We know that he can run. He's passing the ball fairly well. He'll make his mistakes. But if he can continue to progress in this offense, he could be pretty good because we know the weapons are there. He threw a great touchdown to Logan Thomas. Hopefully he's all right because he got a bad concussion in that game. But yeah. Sam Howell yeah, overall, I think, hit. you know, I don't know if I'm buying yet, but I think we should definitely be paying attention because he is playing well. All right, Jay. Another one. Let's stick with another young quarterback, second-year quarterback. Took an L yesterday, but played well. It was a weird game. Weird game. You would you would look up and you felt like Green Bay was in control of the game versus Atlanta, and then you look up and they took an L. But I want to talk about Jordan Love. Again, Jay, another at least positive and encouraging performance where – he goes out there, and he does not look young. He doesn't look like a guy that hadn't played a lot of football over the past couple of years. Looks like he belongs. Looks like he uh, could be the quarterback of the future in Green Bay. So let's just talk about it really quickly. Jordan Love, right now in Dynasty, how are you feeling about his performances, and where are you on the trade for or trade away Jordan Love side of the fence? I think I would be trading for Jordan Love. Uh, you know, three touchdowns in each of his first two games is definitely a good sign. Um, and on low volume at that, too, right? He's yes. been really efficient. And so you think about if he can potentially open this offense up a little bit more, throw the ball a bit more, get his pass catchers ultimately healthy. I think Jordan Love could be a great quarterback in the NFL. He does have a little bit of rushing upside as well. But, you know, he's doing it with Dontavian Wicks, Jaden Reed, who obviously was Rookies awesome. second-year receivers, man. He's doing it yeah. with not even highly drafted rookies. You know, yeah. fifth, sixth round rookies, second year players. So it's it's been impressive. No Aaron Jones either. Yeah, players we really liked out of the process, but not exactly highly touted or highly drafted. And you talk about he's the most experienced one in the room, right? And I think that's what's crazy is he's leading this team as one of the most experienced players on the roster outside of, you know, Adrian Dillon, Aaron Jones, who've been there for a long time. But to see him do that and especially throw all these touchdowns might be a little bit lucky in terms of the touchdowns because some of the plays were kind of broken plays and stuff, but good for him to be efficient. And you look at his stat line, I believe it was 15 for 25. If it yeah. wasn't for that last drive where he's trying to get them down the field, it would have looked much better and much more efficient, but overall definitely still buying Jordan Love. All right, Jay, let's talk about the next player. We're going to switch positions and go to a player that um, hasn't done much, but the capital was there. We know he's on a good offense, but the opportunity is just not there. Let's talk about a first-round pick from this year, wide receiver Quentin Johnston of the Los Angeles Chargers, who is clearly like fourth, fifth on the pecking order behind Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer out there making plays. You still got Austin Eckler when he's healthy, who's going to command targets out of the backfield, Gerald Everett. How you feeling about old QJ today, man? Not a lot of noise from L.A. about the Texas, uh, Texas Christian University former star, QJ. How you feeling about Quentin Johnston? You trading four? Or are you at the point now where you're like, ah, I think I want to get off of some of these QJ shares? QJ is really interesting because he's a player that has so many hurdles in front of him with playing time, right? We know that Keenan Allen's going to be available. We know that Mike Williams is going to be available. Um, and when those guys are healthy, you saw it. They had over 50% of the targets this week. And so without an injury, which again, for this team is definitely plausible. I don't know if Quinn Johnson is going to be fantasy relevant. I don't know if I'd be trading him away because I think we do expect something in the second half, you know, something in the second half where he, we see a little bit more from Quentin Johnston. He was a first rounder. It does take time for some of these guys. Not everybody can be Zay Flowers. Not everybody can be Puka Nakua, right. right? Some of these guys do take time. Um, I wouldn't be trading him away, but definitely sucks to not see him perform. But at the end of the day, like when you have two very talented wide receivers, especially highly paid guys, they should be playing over Quentin Johnston, regardless of the draft capital.
All right, Jay, we got another one. We got another one. Big name. First rounder from Big this name. year. Seeing people say they they are concerned. I saw that I saw yesterday in our Discord, man, somebody asked, should they trade this player away? I'm trying to think of who it was for. It was somebody I saw the name. I was like, oh my God, are we are we already there? But uh the panic is starting to set in. People are very nervous, Jay, about the Detroit Lions rookie rusher, Jameer Gibbs. Jameer Gibbs, seven okay. carries, I believe. He did yeah. have nine targets in that game, and I believe he caught six or seven of those nine targets. But Jameer Gibbs, we saw David Montgomery leave, and then they turned around and gave the ball to Craig Reynolds, who scored a touchdown, vultured one at the goal line. So talk to me about Jameer Gibbs. If you have some Jameer Gibbs right now, are you like, I'm, I'm, I'm nervous, I'm panicking, I need to get out, they're never going to give him the ball? Or are you going to be patient and ride with this Detroit Lions offense and trust the fact that Ben Johnson knows what he's doing and will get this rookie involved in the game? Where are you at with uh, Jameer Gibbs? This is a really tough one for me because I think what people need to understand is that this is very reminiscent of DeAndre Swift, right? Whenever there was an injury to the starter, we always thought, oh, it's DeAndre Swift time, right? Kind of like it was in Philly this week, but that wasn't the case. They brought in Craig Reynolds. They have other running backs that they can bring and run up the A-gap and not have to do that with Jameer Gibbs. So I think that's where it becomes difficult is that, you know, you mentioned the positives. He led the team in targets, but he only had seven carries for 17 yards, even with David Montgomery getting a little bit banged up. So without the usage increase, what is the ceiling kind of for Gibbs? And I think it's still pretty high, but he's going to have to score a lot of touchdowns, right? You know, to return that RB5 dynasty value, he's probably going to turn, uh, probably have to score a lot of touchdowns. So I wouldn't say I'm out on Gibbs. I wouldn't say I'm panicking, but hopefully we see the usage go up a little bit. But to lead the team in targets as a rookie running back, that is definitely something worth noting for sure. And I'm not too worried about that. I think that will continue going forward. All right, Jay, we got two more players. Let's, uh, let's overreact here. And this is a player that I did not think we'd be talking about as potentially trading for or even thinking that this player could be a long-term answer at the position, Jay. But after two weeks, you got to be impressed with what the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and in particular, Baker Mayfield, is doing for this team. They are 2-0. and They beat a quality opponent in which we thought, Minnesota Vikings, who were 0-2, and then the Chicago Bears, who a lot of people were excited about, who are also 0-2 right now. But Baker Mayfield, let's give credit where credit is due, Baker has come out early this season and he's looked sharp. He's looked focused. He's getting the ball to his weapons. He's had, he has time to throw the ball and he's got Tampa Bay 2-0. and He's playing solid football right now. So I know there are people out there that have rostered Baker Mayfield for a very long time, from his time in Cleveland to his time in L.A. and now his time in Tampa Bay. Still a young quarterback, clearly has some talent, was the number one overall pick. If you've got Baker Mayfield and there is somebody in your league that kind of wants him, there's a, a small market, a small window to move Baker. Talk to me. Are you are you going to or do you believe in this Baker Mayfield in Tampa Bay or is he going to turn into the same Baker Mayfield that we've kind of known where we'll see the flashes and the, the lack of consistency down the stretch? But where are you at today with Baker Mayfield? I think like you, I'm kind of pleasantly surprised. You know, I thought that Baker in this offense could be pretty good. And I think it's where, you know, you talk about the Geno Smith situation of last year. I don't think he's going to be as good in terms of touchdowns and high upside production, but he did throw for, two, for 300 yards. So I'll give him credit for that. But when you have Mike Evans and you have Chris Godwin, and if Russell Gage comes back and, you know, all these other guys are looking pretty solid, even Rashad White had a bounce back week right after being one of the least efficient running backs in football last year. They were pretty good. I think the question for me is, can the touchdowns go up to where he's fantasy relevant? Because he threw for 300 yards and a touchdown, and he wasn't even close to being a top 12 quarterback, right? Because right. there's no rushing upside right. 
for Baker Mayfield. But again, as your point, as your point would be, he, you know, you're buying him as kind of a QB two. I think he's probably a mid to low QB two. Would I pay a second for him if I really needed it? But I don't know if I would go much further than that. Do you feel any differently about Baker? Because I just don't know how to value him beyond like would I pay a second if I had to? Sure, but obviously long term value is basically zero. Let's say let's say you were a contending team, right? Say your team was ready to go, and you've got a legitimate QB one in your QB one slot. You know, Herbert, Lamar. You know what I mean? One one of those guys, right? And your QB2, you were depending on an Aaron Rodgers. You were depending on Mm -hmm. a Ryan Tannehill. Or you you went real dirty and you took a rookie quarterback. You took like Bryce Young or somebody like that. If you've got a contender and your QB2 spot is not solidified, I think, you know, is he somebody that you would want to target or would you want to go a different direction like, Matthew Stafford, if you were going to pay a second for a quarterback, would you rather a Stafford or a Baker? Would you rather go out and try to acquire, you know, Russell Wilson? I I don't know if you can even get, I don't know if he's as low of a value that somebody would move in for a second, but you get my point. Here goes one. You got, you're a contender. You lost Aaron Rodgers. Here are your three options. Which one do you want? Baker Mayfield, Desmond Ritter, or Matthew Stafford? Who would you want as your QB2? Uh, for three. me, it'd be Matthew Stafford. I actually traded for Matthew Stafford in sure. our, our BS2 league, right? Um, and it's just because of volume. I mean, like, Baker still threw the ball 34 times and was pretty good. But I mean, I think we know that Tragic Baker is a very low bar. And I think that Tragic Matthew Stafford is still pretty damn good. I think the question with Ritter, though, is interesting because he had a pretty good game this week. And obviously, he we'll d- dive into it. But I think the answer is still Stafford because the volume will always be on his side. And I think that w- there will be games where probably Baker's not to do a ton and Ritter's not to do a ton either. And I think that's why I slightly lean Stafford for the high end upside if I was going to pick a quarterback there. All right, Jay. Last one, which will roll into our A block of the show to get into it. It's just a seamless transition. So I'm going to let you take this one. And we're going to do this every week, Jay. Let's overreact. It's two weeks, man. It's been two weeks, Jay, and um, there are flashes of some good, and there are also quite a few flashes of, I I wouldn't even say bad. It's just like, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? (laughs) Justin Fields, Jay. Yes, sir. Let's let's overreact to this loss on the road versus a tough defense, but this was a defense that everybody said going into the week, you exploit them through the air. You do not run against them. You do it through the air. Deontay Foreman was inactive in this game, so we were like, yep. all right, Roshan Johnson, Justin Fields, DJ Moore, who had a nice game. We'll talk about that. Here we are today, Jace, Monday, September the 18th. What are you doing with Justin Fields? Are you trading for or trying to get out of every single Justin Fields share that you have? What are you doing with Fields today? This is really hard because I think the answer could be trade for. Uh, I think it really could be. And the only reason why, Ray, is because it'll be another you week. You're hedging, man. Of... You are hedging hard. It, this hold on. is no, embarrassing no. Hold on. how hard hold you on. are hedging hold right on. now. Go ahead. Go ahead. There will be a, another week of Justin Fields slander. And at which point, Ray, we've been here before. We we've, have been here before. You, you remember there was been. a week in Royal Rumble. Dak got hurt last season. I traded for Justin Fields because I needed somebody, right? Mm-hmm. I was begging someone to trade me Zach Wilson begging Zach Wilson for Justin Fields and a second. That's how far down we got. If they lose two or three more games, Justin Fields could be a buy low. Now, again, I don't know if I want him long term. I've mentioned this time and time again, but for him to not be a top 12 quarterback yet again, 
for him to not really have much on the ground, especially. He was really held at bay in this game. I still think there is more to come for him. I talked about how the Green Bay defense is good. As you mentioned, the Tampa Bay defense is good. There will be better games ahead for Fields. And if the sentiment gets too negative, I'd be willing to potentially buy if it's around a second plus price. If someone wants to first still, there's no way in hell I'm buying. But I think there could be value upside for Fields. But long term, I think we're seeing that it's probably not going to happen for Fields. And that's the biggest concern. That if you're are buying you, are, in are Dynasty, you really you're buying short term. Are you, are you ready to go? It's not going to happen already? It's, it's only two weeks into the season, man. But it's not two weeks. It's, it's his whole career. We haven't seen him be successful in the NFL at winning games. And that's what's ultimately going to keep him in the NFL for the long term. And it's again, it's not that I think he's a bad fantasy quarterback, even though that pick six was absolutely awful. It was bad. I think there's a, I think there's a world where he's still a good fantasy quarterback, and I've maintained this. I think he will be a, fa a good fantasy quarterback. He'll have spike weeks. He'll deliver top five performances. But if you're trying to tell me today that he's going to be the long-term answer for the Bears, I don't think we can say that because of all the tape he's shown, right? We can't. That that's, that's the biggest issue. So if you're buying him now, you're buying him as a short-term asset that you probably want to try and flip or just have as your QB2 because he's probably not going to be a reliable QB1 for the long term, even in a two to three year window. What's his schedule? What's what's fit? What's the Bears schedule? Let's take a look. Let's take a look at the Bears schedule. I want to know who they have. I mean, they got KC, Denver, Washington, Minnesota, Vegas, Chargers, New Orleans. Like it does get easier. Detroit, Minnesota, Detroit again. Like it's there's some easy games down the stretch, but you have to get there, right? And when he's delivering 14 fantasy points in his first two weeks, like that's just not good enough. Like it's just not. And I think that's the biggest problem. Here, here's is that he's here, not delivering at all. Here's the here's the here's the issue right now. I'm reading the chat and people are talking about uh, he'll score points in the back half of the season. Him scoring fantasy points and him being a starting NFL quarterback are not one in the not same. Not the same. Mutually it's exclusive. Not the same. He could score as many fantasy points as he can, right? But if he can't stand at some point, at some point, you have to be able to stand in the damn pocket and throw the football at some point. I'm not saying you can't do other things. I'm not saying you can't be a dual threat quarterback. You can't be a mobile guy. But at some point, you have to be able to deliver the ball from the pocket on time. You got DJ Moore. He's out there holding his hands up. Like, what are we? Come on, man. I mean, there was yep. no question, Jay, who the best quarterback on the field was yesterday. It was Baker Mayfield by far. Mm -hmm. And what's interesting about this is it's everybody else's fault. Everything I've seen, he needs a better offensive coordinator. The offensive line yep. isn't blocking. I'm seeing people now saying he needs more weapons. He needs more weapons now. Needs more. DJ Moore was enough, but now he needs more weapons. He needs a better offensive coordinator. And I'm sitting there like, at what point does some of this fall on him? At mm -hmm. what point is it like, hey, Justin, you've got to be better. You're holding the ball forever, taking multiple sacks every single game, not trusting your reads, pulling the ball down. This feels very much, very much like another situation last year, except this guy's on the field playing. I'm not here to say it's over yet. I don't want to say that he's not going to become a consistent long-term quarterback. I'll just say right now he's put himself in a hole. And he's got an uphill climb. The Bears are 0-2. Mm -hmm. They don't look like a very good football team. They don't. Yeah. They just don't look like a good football team. Defensively, they're not the same Bears. Offensively, the whole Khalil Herbert, I, I don't even know if he's playing half the time, man. This just doesn't look like a good football team. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Fields, man. But 
Right now, not too good. But on the other side of the ball, inside of that game, Jay, uh, Mike Evans, my goodness. What, 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 what was the stat line for the guy that you hate on quite a bit, Mike Evans, Whoa. who went out there and balled out? Talk about Big Mike, who is on, on track, man. He's going to he's probably going to get his 10th straight 1,000-yard season, which at that point, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Fame wide receiver. 10 straight years, over 1,000 yards, you're going to the goddamn Hall of Fame. That's just what it is. But let's talk about Mike. Are we going to be a little uh, little disappointed that we faded on Mike Evans? If, if, you, if you did, I've got quite a few Mike Evans in redraft. But how are you feeling about Mike this year? Because he is clearly the go-to target for Baker Mayfield. Chris Godwin's still doing his thing. But Mike Evans is the man. He does what he always does. Gets those air yards. Gets downfield. And Mike had some yak yesterday. I saw him. He's spinning mm-hmm. off at of defenders. Old man Mike picking up yak. Talk about Mike Evans, baby. So Mike Evans, six receptions, 171, Ray, and a touchdown on eight targets. Another six receptions for Mike Evans from Baker Mayfield. Um, You know, I... I wouldn't say I'm that surprised because when I was doing the wide receiver show, right, for my pod straight to the bank, Mike Evans, one of these screaming values that I had in on my list. And the main reason why was because all the books basically had him for a thousand yards and five touchdowns. Right. And everyone's pricing him out as if he's a guy who's only going to have like 700 yards and like four touchdowns. And that was the big difference with Mike Evans is that the fantasy community was drastically underrating the Bucks' offense, and you're seeing it play out now because Chris Godwin's still pretty good. Baker's yep. damn good compared to expectations, and mm-hmm. Mike Evans is still doing his thing, and I think it's just another case of, you know, we talk about Geno Smith of last season. It's not so much Baker Mayfield's status, but it's the team construction. The running okay. game is awful, sure, okay. but when you have two talented weapons on the outside, it makes the quarterback's job so much easier. When you're Baker Mayfield and your only job is to throw it up to Mike Evans and trust he'll come down and get it, yeah, I think Mike Evans is pretty good at that. We've seen that throughout his entire career. So from that standpoint, I think that you know it's a little bit of vindication over the fact that talented weapons can still win regardless of the quarterback play. They just need to get an opportunity to make a play, and Mike Evans is consistently showing that this season, but Baker has been Pretty good. Um, If you have Mike Evans, you should be pretty happy because he's probably winning you leagues right now. Now, DJ Moore did go over 100 yards in this game. So you, a great you started game. him, you feel good about that. Talked about Rashad White at 73-1 and one on the ground. Chris Godwin played well. It, it, this is just, you know, I, I want to see Fields be successful, man, because I do think he's got the talent. But, Joe, I'm with you. Joe, Joe tweeted, put this in the comments. She said, I watched that game. Fields had absolutely no flow to his game. It was clunky and luck-based. It just, I don't know what's, it it feels like if you watch the Ravens game, and we'll talk about the Baltimore game and Lamar, in week one versus Houston, it looked like Lamar didn't really want to use his legs. He's sitting back there. He's trying to dissect. This week, you just got to let those guys do them. Let them use their superpower, which is their legs. They will make the throws, but you you can't keep a Ferrari parked in the garage or drive it around a residential neighborhood. Getting a Ferrari just to drive it around uh, Roy City, Texas, where I live, that ain't what you're trying to do. I need to open his O up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't need to just drive it around a subdivision, man. And that is, that's Fields. He's got to run. I don't know why he's not running. Just run the day. Make the defenses at least fear you. That way, when you do play action, when you pull the RPO, when you've got some things where you've got motion and action, the defenders are frozen and and you're creating those throwing lanes for you. He's sitting back there, man. DJ Moore was literally, oh, he, he's putting his hands up like it's a five-yard out. What I got to do, yeah. Me. And Fields just runs it up and takes a sack. Just runs into the middle of the defensive line and takes a sack. So it's, um, I'll just say this. The, the story is not written, but I have saw uh, Damian Parson from the Draft Network drop the 2024 mock yesterday mm-hmm. night. 
And he had the Bears selecting Drake May at five overall. So this regime didn't draft him. There's no ties to him. I can't see today that they're going to pick up his fifth-year option. So no. if you have him in Dynasty, if you want to buy the bet, then then go for it. But for me, man, I'll probably just I'll probably just relax on that one right now. I'll probably I'll probably let y'all do that and see how it plays out. And if I miss out on some fields, I miss out on some fields. But let's move to the who was a bust from that game. So we're doing ballers and busts from each game. Ballers, Mike Evans, mm-hmm. Fields Rashad was a bust. White was a baller. Fields absolutely was a bust in that matchup. And then the running yeah. game. Let's let's not let them off of the hook. Khalil Herbert. I, I mean, woof. I, I mean, so bad, I, I just, man. I'm just not a he fan. Even get opportunities. It's just crazy. not a fan. I'll just say that. Good for him for getting the starting job. Just not a big Khalil Herbert fan. Roshan Johnson didn't do much, and Deontay Foreman was inactive. So let's move on to. This was a good game. It was a game. It was a really good game. I don't know what the over under was or, or the uh, the spread was in this game, but I oh, thought there you don't was know no what the spread was? I don't remember what the spread was. What was the spread? Seven and a half, Ray. Okay, can we please segue very quickly, and I will let you continue with this yeah, conversation. Yeah, the Rams are down ten points to end this game. Right, the game is over. Usually in this game, what happens? They just throw up a bomb to the end zone, try and score, la da da, whatever. Who cares? The fucking Rams come out here and kick a field goal to cover the spread to end the game. I've never seen something more fishy in my entire life. Never. There is no way Sean McVay just said, yeah, go out there, kick a field goal. Who cares? Let's just have some fun. That was suspect as hell. Knowing the spread was seven and a half. That was insane. I've never seen shit like that. We're not here to be the sports book police. We're not going to do that today. Dude. But it was a little puzzling, but neither here nor there. We watch a lot of football. That never happens, ever. Yeah, yes, neither here nor there. The Rams uh, played well, but the San Francisco 49ers got it done. They beat the Rams by seven points, as Jay Rich just alluded to. The Niners are now 2-0. and Rams gave them a run for their money, though. I mean, they came yes, out. first half it was close. And I didn't think they had a shot. I took the under Matthew Stafford, 228 <laughs> passing yards. Under, ah, man. You can't play Puka in this matchup. No way. Not versus this defense. Jay. Well? Jay. Well? Jay. I mean, talk about it, man. Talk about it, Jay. Talk about hey, it. Hey, I mean, Puka Nakua. What, what was the official target number? Was it 20? I saw 21 floated out there. Yeah, 20, 15 receptions, 147 yeah, yards. What does Puka have to do to be, get a wide receiver one week? The dude's got 30 targets. In his first two weeks, rookie record by a mile, I believe. It's 25 receptions. The previous record was 19. Puka is just ridiculous, man. He's just always open, always getting targets. Another top five wide receiver week. Um, I mean, what else is there left to say? The question is, is that do you sell? Like, I think that's that's what everyone wants to know, right? Do you sell Puka Nakua? Because there's no way he can have another 10-target game. I believe he was the fifth receiver in NFL history with 10 targets and 100 yards in his first two games. Not rookie receiver, Fifth receiver ever to have two uh, 100-yard performances, 10-target games to open the season. And I believe the first rookie ever to do that. So it's just, what do you do with Puka Nakua now if you got him for free off of waivers or, you know, in the fourth round of your Dynasty rookie draft? This will be talked about all week. All week. Multiple times all week. And you're going to hear varying takes, buy, sell, have to sell. I told you last week. I thought the people who said sell for a second were insane. Like, I wasn't doing that. Wasn't doing it. Vehemently disagreed with doing that. 
nothing's going to change. Like, I'm like nothing is going to change until Cooper Cup comes back. And understand, Cup got hurt, worked his way back, and then re-injured the injury. So I'm not even ba- I am not even banking that when he cut. How do we know that when he comes back, he's just all the way good, won't be yeah. re-injured? It's it's a hamstring. We know these things linger. And even if he comes back, they're not going to bench him. I'm, 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 they are not yeah. going to put him on the – he's not going on the bench. Is he going to get 21 targets in a game? No. He'll probably never get that. But when you're talking about a player going on the field and earning it, I tweeted something out yesterday. I talked to Matt Harmon, uh, Josh Norris from – like, he's very good. His ability yeah. to recognize zone coverages, sit in the soft spots, make catches that – that it, and and if you're being real, he probably should have had like 190 in this one. There were a couple oh, for over sure. the middle where he dropped a few. They hit his hand. I've never seen a wide receiver look as exhausted as he looked at the end of that game. Uh, you, you're looking for the bell cow from 2023. It ain't Jameer Gibbs. It's not Charbonnet. It's not Bijan. It's Puka Nakua. Damn bell cow yep. from the 2023 class is Puka Nakua, a receiver. I, I mean, he looked absolutely gassed. It wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't practice all damn week. They don't do anything with him. <laughs> Already veteran treatment. Already veteran treatment. And when he goes out there, he's just going to get f- peppered with targets. So my question back to the sell, 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 what do we play the game for? What Don't we play fantasy football to like score fantasy points? Don't we yep. play the game to score fantasy points? We talked in our Discord the other day. What most people want to say is this, Jay. Hear me out. Most people just say, oh, he was a fifth rounder. And historically, fifth rounders don't do this. But I said, okay, well, then let's talk about, if you want to talk about the game, let's talk about the game. How many fifth-round receivers are receiving this type of opportunity? When you start to filter out all of this, and I believe Scott Connor just put out an episode on Destination Dynasty covering this because I'm the one who challenged him. If you take out, if you you really filter that sample size for the fifth-rounders who got a chance to actually play and produce or day three receivers that got a chance to produce what does that look like? And I'll tell you right now, without spoiling stuff, it looks good. He will be yeah. in very good category with a couple of more targets for the rest of the season. He's going to fit a bucket that you look at that bucket and you say, man, yeah, I don't think I would be selling this player. Would I trade him? Sure, because I'll trade anybody. That's how I dynasty. I'll trade anybody at any time. doesn't matter. No one is unmovable. But yeah. I'm out there selling him for a second round or a third. Hell no. Like I'd rather just take the... Let me gobble up the next two week of t- two weeks of targets from Puka Nakua, and then if Cooper Cup comes back and absolutely destroys his value, then so be it. But I have zero reason to believe that they're not going to throw him the ball. And then you look at this offense from this game, Jay, with Puka Nakua getting 21 targets, Tutu Atwell still caught seven for seven, uh, 77. Kyron Williams had 10 targets. Puka had nine targets. Uh, I mean... There's plenty. It seems to be mm-hmm. plenty. And the big reason why is Matthew Stafford is healthy and he's playing YOLO ball, man. He's just like, I'm throwing this shit. Doesn't matter. We are going. Balls to the wall. I'm throwing it. That's my take on it. I mean, I'll go deeper into this later this week. We got the wide receiver Trinity video coming out probably yep. Wednesday, rookie report tomorrow. I don't see any reason why this is going to stop. So I like production. And if he's going to get this type of volume, Jay, I would love to have that on my roster. 
Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. It's There's not much more to say. You know, people talk about the Minnesota Vikings. Like, we talk about the Minnesota Vikings all the time because they're the best offense for fantasy football. Kevin O'Connell is a disciple of the Sean McVay coaching tree. So where do you think he learned all of his tricks from? And you're seeing it, 55 damn attempts. I'll take any player in a 55-attempt style offense. But let's transition over a little bit to the Niners. Obviously, Brock Purdy didn't have his best game. He did score a rushing touchdown. Christian McCaffrey, 100% opportunity share at the running back position dude is a damn dog brandon Ayuk does potentially have a sprained ac joint i did miss that through the injury news i was reading through jeff Mueller's article that will go up on the website after the show he has a potential ac joint sprain so we'll monitor that situation but as a lot of people projected it was a debo game six receptions on nine targets for 63 yards and a rushing touchdown pretty solid game for debo not a lot elsewhere you know kittle got involved Ayuk did his thing when he wasn't hurt yeah, Jawan jennings caught some key passes the, but the niners, the niners won the game impressive the niners so. offense they got it done. Purdy was so he just was out there. Like he was just out there. He was He fine. missed a lot of big he, plays. He though. missed like three a lot touchdowns. Of big plays. Brandon Ayuk yeah. should have smashed. He missed like three touchdowns. He yeah, wasn't very too. good. Ayuk got hurt. Yeah. Kittle. I, I I mean, we keep him at the top of that. Why do we even have him as a top eight dynasty top? At this point, three targets. Love George Kittle. Kittle, Goddard, Fr all they're all they're overrated cares, tight ends, right? man. Yeah. They're nothing but name. This offense just—he's not getting the ball. He's not getting the work that he once had. He's just not, and he did nothing. Three for thirty for George Kittle, Purdy two hundred and six yards. It was the CMC show, and pretty much that was it from the 49ers side of the ball. But they are two and zero, oh, and you know who they play in uh, three days? The Those New Giants. York Giants, man, comeback Giants. New York Giants. It. Um, we'll see how that plays out uh, for uh, for the Giants on Thursday night. Anything else from this game, uh, big takeaways that we need to talk about? No, I think it's just, you know, a tough divisional game for the Niners. Hope they played a little better, but overall, they'll be all right going forward. Um, but a team that is going to not be all right, Ray, if we can transition over, because there was a yep. great game that we saw yesterday afternoon between your Dallas Cowboys and the New York Jets. Highly touted game. Did you end up going to the tailgate, by the way? Because you did say you're going to tailgate. Baseball practice, man. I was supposed to be there. Baseball practice. You know what, Ray G... Number one dad in my heart. Number hey man, like one dad. Him. And that's that's I what love I love about you, kids, boy. Man, I, lo I, I like being yeah. out there. The parents like like just motivating these youngsters and watching how good they are at six years yeah. old. Like, I'm like, damn, dude, y'all are this good at six. So I was coaching the kids. I didn't make the tailgate, but I did watch the beat down. Talk about it. <laughs> So we had the Dallas Cowboys, your Dallas Cowboys, winning 30-10 to 10 over the 10 New York Jets. <laughs> Did you see, Ray, Brees Hall tweeting out four footballs for his four carries in this game, four carries for nine yards. Zach Wilson out-carried Brees Hall. It was honestly one of the worst offensive performances I've seen. Zach Wilson, 12 for 27, one touchdown, three picks, Ray. Zach Wilson doing his best to lead this team right into the gutter. Now, he did hit Garrett Wilson for a massive 68-yard touchdown, basically saved Garrett Wilson's day. But talk about your Cowboys, because we were a little bit concerned best about their offense the after. They're the best team okay. in the NFL, like straight up. And I'm not, I'm going on Bleacher Report today to do the power ranking show, and they hate it because they feel like I'm being a homer. <laughs> yeah. It's the best, they're the most right now. Two weeks in, they're the best team in the NFL. They got the best defense in the NFL. The turnovers that they caused, they had another defensive score, multiple interceptions. Micah Parsons is on a different level. Is the best team in the NFL. Their defense. Yep. We looked at the Jets, and I was like, this might be a tough matchup. This Jets defense is tough. They know that they've got to step up and, and stop Dallas offensively because their offense is limited. 
CeeDee Lamb went out there and had a monster performance. 11 for 143, uncoverable. Dak, we talked about him last week. Ah, man, I don't really know the offense. 31 for 38 versus this defense. Dak smashed. Then you talk about just the the other ancillary pieces showing up. Jalen Tolbert made a couple of plays. Jake Ferguson scored a touchdown. Luke Schoonmaker got in the end zone. Best team in football are the Dallas Cowboys. Is that going to remain to hold true throughout the season? I ain't getting excited yet. I have not said a word about the SB. I have not said a word about an S or a B. But today, after two weeks in the NFL, the Dallas Cowboys are the team to beat in the NFL. This is the, I believe they're better than Philadelphia. They're better than San Francisco. They're better than any team in the NFC, and they're better than any team in the AFC today. Will that continue? I don't know. But right now, so far, so good for the Dallas Cowboys. Brees Hall, Dalvin Cook, awful. I mean, they, 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 yeah. they did not get the – they were – I don't know, man. This team, do they have their first round pick, right? They have their first the rounder. The Jets, I think they do. I believe because so. The, yeah, I believe so. Because the they wouldn't love, trade it. They wouldn't yeah, trade it, it for. It won't count. Oh, yeah. So, I know this is. I know this is crazy, and it's not going to happen. I don't know, man. I don't know how many games they win with this quarterback. I really don't. I, I thought that he'd be okay to manage it, and maybe it's just because Dallas's defense is so good. But it looks it very is. bad for the Jets right now. This looks bad. And I'm not buying Aaron Rodgers coming back in January. We'll see if Dolphins... I mean, the season's going to be over in November, right? So. Heal that bat, that quickly, I'm about to be jamming that all day. We're going to listen to Free Willie humping every single day if that gets that man's Achilles. If his Achilles returns, man, I mean, I mean we, we're going to change the intro song. It is just going to be... It's going to be a lot of orcas and porpoises getting after it. Every I just want all, nothing but those noises, Jay. So let's move on to Cincinnati, Baltimore, and there's, oh. there's trouble. I, I don't think this is overreacting. There is trouble in Cincinnati right now. The Bengals, again, another loss, more competitive in this one, much more competitive in this matchup, but they're 2-0-2 in the AFC North right now, losing to the Baltimore Ravens. Little, You put it in the show notes, a little too late. Uh, too little, too late for Joe Burrow. 27 for 41, 222, two touchdowns, an INT. First half, he looked terrible. Terrible. Terrible, terrible in the first half. He just doesn't He doesn't look the same. And maybe that calf injury, may, we don't know how he feels physically, but he just doesn't look like the same Joe Burrow from last year. And if we're not getting the same Joe Burrow from last year, we haven't seen any other type of Burrow since he came in the NFL. He's been phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, everybody has a down week or here or there, but overall, this offense looks stagnant. They look slow. They look discombobulated. They they feel like it looks like they can't protect at times. Jamar Chase had a back shoulder touchdown. It was a difficult grab. Wasn't able to corral that one. T. Higgins had a monster day, and we kind of talked about T not panicking. He had the eight targets in week one, converted yep. eight of 12 in this one for and had two touchdowns in this matchup. But we drafted Jamar Chase. I mean, he was going off the board in in redraft leagues, 101, 102, 103. Every underdog draft, 101, 102, 103, Jamar Chase. Right now, two weeks, I don't even know if he's a top 36 receiver right now, two weeks into the season, which, yeah, I I don't think he is. I don't think he is. Which, long-term in Dynasty, I don't really care. Like, it's Jamar Chase. But redraft leagues, you're like, damn, man. If if Joe Burrow is going to miss time, which apparently he's going to try to play through this injury, how concerned are you for... Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, the Cincinnati offense. If Burrow's not in, what do we do? Like, how concerned are you for what's happening in Cincinnati right now? 
I'm very concerned. You know, right? You talk about his PPR rank. He's wide receiver 50 right now. The wide yeah. receiver two or one, depending on how you ranked him. Uh, wide receiver 50. You know, it's, again, it's two weeks. But in two weeks, right, he only has 10 receptions and 70 yards. So, yeah, that's pretty concerning. Obviously, the no touchdowns is fine. You know, things are going to happen. T. Higgins, I mean, dude had nothing last week. Had two touchdowns and eight receptions this week. But I think the biggest thing is they can't get him the ball. Now, I'm not going to overreact too much because if you really look, and, you know, we talked about this, Rookie year, Jamar Chase destroyed the Bengals. They had yes. a terrible pass defense. But last year, they played him much better. And I think that's just showing itself again this season. Again, the Ravens figured out a way to play Jamar Chase and completely kept him at bay. And that has absolutely nuked Joe Burrow's value, right? Because yes, he can throw the ball to T. Higgins when he's in single coverage and he can make a play. And that's what makes T. Higgins great. But the engine for this offense, especially in the absence of a, you know, explosive Joe Mixon is Jamar Chase. And so when you don't have that on offense, I think that's where you have a lot of issues. And especially with a Joe Burrow who's limited and not playing overly well, there's just not enough good plays being stacked together. And this team just lacks a lot of confidence, it seems. If it's not, you know, yeah. one of these players it's like T. Higgins making it. a big play, they really haven't had much it's of anything. You talk about six quarters. I think you compare them to the Giants who really struggled through six quarters, right? It wasn't until the second half they really popped off. And, right. you know, the Bengals kind of got going but it still wasn't enough. And against a division opponent again to lose, it's a big loss for this team. Oh, it's a big division. Lost to Cleveland and to Baltimore. This is a tough hole to climb out of. Again, I don't know officially if Burroughs in or out or if this is a mild calf strain. Question for you, though, because next week they play the Rams. Who would you take in that game between the Rams and the Bengals? I think it's like, it sounds crazy. But it does seem like it's pretty close. Probably, you know, 40 pass attempts aside. Let me, let me ask not you a this. lot of running game. Let me game. ask you this. Bengals Which quarterback right now do you trust more in your fantasy lineups? Right now, would you... Like, real... And not even e close. It's easy to say this right now on Monday, and then you wake up on Sunday morning, and you're like, man, I really have to make this decision. But would you rather start Matthew Stafford in your in your quarterback spot or Joe Burrow right now? If Joe Burrow's active I on Sunday, who, do you, who are you putting in your lineup? Absolutely, Matthew Stafford. If I have both and I have to choose in like a single quarterback league, yeah, I'm you gotta, absolutely you playing Matthew Stafford. Absolutely. Because the score and the total, right? It's the same for both teams, right? And then for me, I'm taking the projected volume that I expect from the Rams over the Bengals. Because yeah, Joe Burrow's going to get his, but I expect that Stafford will throw the ball more, especially with the absence of any running game in LA. Like they have no running game. Yeah, Kyron's going to run the ball here and there, but he's really not going to be a 20 carry guy. And with Cam Akers inactive, that leaves them basically no running backs. Ronnie Rivers, I think, only had one carry in that game against the Niners. So if I'm projecting, I really would consider playing Stafford because I love Burrow. I think he's a great quarterback, but the volume and especially even the production to some and, extent has been on Stafford's side. And, and I think sometimes, man, this is where dynasty and that long-term aspect of dynasty and what's actually happening in the NFL, they collide. Because there's yep. no way that you're taking Matthew Stafford. I don't care how bad... Burrow could sit out for the rest of the season. You're not taking Matthew Stafford over him in Dynasty, but in a week-to-week -week game on a season where you have to make a start, I, I, I would ask anybody out there, why on earth would you start Joe Burrow based on what you've seen the first two weeks, based on yep. the fact that you know he's dealing with the calf injury and the calf, he's not yeah. mobile? Like, why would you? Like, what? The only reason you would is because of the name. There's nothing that has happened over the first two weeks that gives you confidence that he's going to go out there and string together a consistent performance right now. Joe just said it. Had he just sat his ass out the first couple of weeks, we wouldn't be in this predicament. I don't know why players just don't do that more. Like, with Saquon, they're saying it's a regular ankle sprain. 
sit out two weeks, Saquon. I don't even care, man. Just sit out two weeks, get healthy, and we'll see you again. Like, don't try to come back for the Niners. You're not going to play. You'll have 10 days off. Just take some time, man. Take some time, rest, get your body back together. Ravens side of the ball, Mark Andrews was back. He caught a touchdown. Zay Flowers, not the biggest game, not a big game like he had last week, but still involved. Six targets, 62 yards. Most of it came on that one play up the seam, but he was still involved in that offense. Lamar Jackson was really the star of the game. 237 yards through the air, two touchdowns, and he also had 54 yards on the ground. And his legs is what really opened it up for Baltimore in that matchup. And then Gus Edwards, strong performance for Gus Edwards, 10 for 62 and a touchdown. Justice Hill was also heavily involved in that game. Let's talk about the Buffalo Bills and the Las Vegas Raiders. Josh Allen, man. Woo! Thank God. Who heard you Needed this one. noise about him, Jay Rich? And he came back with a vengeance. 274 yards, three touchdowns. He's running the ball, yelling, screaming, spiking it. After the game, he was locked in. He was focused. Josh Allen, big bounce back performance from him. James Cook. Started off a little slow. Like they weren't they weren't giving him the ball at all. I'm like, okay, yeah. James Cook. I mean, all of a sudden, Jay, the Bell Cow James Boom. Cook, 17 for 123, four receptions, 36 yards. Not bad. Hey, man. Not hey. bad. But bad. vultured on the goal line again. Got vultured. Twice. Damian Twice. Harris, Lat Murray in there. But James Twice. Cook, the Bell Cow for the Buffalo Bills like what I see out of James Cook. Stephon Diggs was all right. Had a, had a, it was one of those Gabe Davis days. It was a Gabe Davis game. We Absolutely know. destroyed them. That's destroyed why you draft them in basketball. Gabe Davis is going to give you three of those a season. You don't know when they're coming. No idea. You won't start them when they do. That's why you draft them for basketball. But Gabe Davis, very big day for Gabe mm-hmm. Davis on the Buffalo side of the ball. For the Las Vegas Raiders, it looks like Devontae. Oh, Don Kincaid. Uh, talk about Don Kincaid real quick, who... I said this in um I said this in the chat, man, in 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 our Discord. It's not gonna be elite production this year for Dalton Kincaid, but yeah. you watch that game and you watch him and how buff he's going to be good. Like you could tell, you could just it doesn't take a genius to see and watch that game and be all right, he's he's probably gonna be pretty good. Next season is probably gonna be the year where you're like, all right, now now he's returning that dynasty tight end for value. Now I feel like we're getting that. I thought he played well, and I think he's going to be a very solid tight end in this offense with Josh Allen. So if you invested in Dalton Kincaid, all the hate that he took over the summer, it's going to pay off. He's been involved every single week. Has not had the big blow-up game yet. He's a rookie tight end, but being this involved this early bodes well for his long-term outlook. On the Raiders' side of the ball, I mean, one of the worst games. I mean, Josh Jacobs, my goodness, Jay. I mean, what what on earth was that? What I'm t- it's the number switch. It's the number eight. I don't like it, man. He doesn't look like Josh Jacobs. It's the number eight, negative two yards. Had the damn ball taken from him from Matt Milano. Yeah. <sighs> Garoppolo, multiple interceptions. No Jacoby Myers. Devontae Adams potentially has a concussion. Uh, what do you have to say Rough. about the Raiders, man? What do you, uh, Raiders, Raiders, are, Raiders, Raiders are terrible, got right? Put in That's it. They got Raiders are terrible. put in them by the Bills. The Bills were on a mission. Mission. I think the biggest thing with the Raiders that was surprising was that, you know, we saw the funnel of targets to Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers. So we thought, well, let's see who's going to be that guy with Myers out. Well, it turns out there was no guy, right? Like literally the only player to see more than one reception was Austin Hooper. Josh Jacobs, as you mentioned, had five for 51, Adams six for 84 and a touchdown. 
But Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, just terrible again. But it's just what's crazy to me is that it just seems like they had a lack of snaps, period. Like they just yeah. couldn't get anything going. <laughs> they, you know, nine carries minus two yards. You see Jimmy only threw the ball 24 times. Yeah, they weren't even what, out there. Wasn't even sacked. Like, yeah, where what, did the plays go? Apparently, they're all game. on the Bills side of the game. Yeah. So we, I'm, 38 I'm telling to 10. You, it's not, I'm not anti-Jacobs. I'm anti-number. It's the number. I'm Just look at... Put up a picture of Jacobs in 28 and a picture of Jacobs in 8. It's the number. I'm telling y'all, I had to switch my number. My first college number, you know what it was, Jay? Number 8. I said, I got to get oh, out of it. Yeah. I've got to get out of number Bad 8. Bad juju, you know. I switched to number 4. Things were a little better for you, boy. So I'm just, Jacobs just, it's the number, man. But negative 2 yard, definitely a, a bust on the week. Not good. For Josh Jacobs, not good for Jimmy Garoppolo. Just a bad yep. game for the Raiders. The Bills were motivated. They came out strong, played well. Good job for the Buffalo Bills. Kansas City in Jacksonville. Just a, a, a tough, defensive, grinded-out game. game Mahomes, 305, two touchdowns. Ho-hum. Kelsey looked... I mean, he scored a touchdown. Yeah, looked a little hurt. A little, little rusty for Kelsey. Didn't look... Kelsey-ish to me, but he was on the field. He scored a touchdown. Uh, Sky Moore had a breakout, I guess. A 54-yard catch and run towards the end. Uh, yeah. 70 yards, scored a touchdown for Sky Moore. Running game, Pacheco did nothing early. Then they finally gave it to him towards the end of the game. Jacksonville saw the ball. They could not protect Trevor Lawrence. He got rocked. He was getting hit. Let T-Law T takes some of the biggest hits that you will see. He just gets crunched. <laughs> Every week. And he just gets up. He's just a tough kid. Really like him. But rough game for Trevor Lawrence. Sacked four times. Fumbled the ball. Travis Etienne. They just they could not do anything with Kansas City up front. Chris Jones got a sack soon as he came back in. I think the yeah. first couple of series got him a sack on Trevor Lawrence. Christian Kirk smashed, though. 14 targets for we Christian Kirk. We talked about Kirk. it. We talked about, about it, it, right? Not out on Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley. They did a good job against him. He did not do anything in this matchup. Tank Bigsby, I don't even think he received a a, uh, a He does not log a snap. Like, I don't yeah. know about snaps, but he did not log a target or a yeah, carry Yeah, I know he didn't log game, a carry in that game. I know he didn't log a carry. So this is one for Jacksonville where they just got to crumble this one up, throw it away. Ballers from this game, definitely. Christian Kirk, I'm not even going to put Mahomes in there. He was... I mean, three he was so, not that great. It's, we are so spoiled. The fact that he goes three hundred five, two touchdowns, and we're ah, that's just a that's just a pretty standard Patrick Mahomes day. But based on uh, based on what we saw, I think the Chiefs. I don't know, Jay. I mean, is this the best team in the NFL? Do you think Kansas City? A lot of people, lot a couple of people are like, "Oh, Dallas number one. How could that happen?" I'm just like, "Are you serious? Like, come on, man. What are, what are we talking about?" But Kansas City. AFC side, you think they're the best team in the AFC? Um, I'm going to say yes for now. I think a lot of teams are disappointing in the AFC right now. You know, the Bills looked better in week two, which is good. The Chargers, I mean, we will get to well, them in well, a minute. Well, but well, since you but it's, not, it's not good. It's, we can get to them. Up. But you're, you're really going to let T-Law off the hook? You're going to let him, off, let the him hook? off the hook? I said Bro, he played well. Oh, really, Ray? He didn't play well. You want to know how bad Trevor Lawrence was this week? Only Go two ahead. quarterbacks were worse than Trevor Lawrence this week for fantasy football. Zach Wilson and Jimmy Garoppolo. And that includes Gardner Minshew, who didn't even start the game. He still outscored Trevor Lawrence. He was the third worst quarterback bad. on the week. He, play, he played he, a bad game. He busted. Man. He didn't even say it. I, I, I forgot. Your trinity of, of let me hate on today 
is Trevor Lawrence, Justin because Fields, we have the Kyle debate Pitts. that you I always forgot. let Teal off off the hook. We've got, we've and got I couldn't to let hammer that home because you just dislike the can't let him off the hook. from the twenty twenty one class. You just dislike them. So all right, Trevor Lawrence, bad game. I'll give him the sounder. There you go. There bad, we go. Yeah. Now we're bad talking. game for Trevor Lawrence. Well, let's talk. Now about let's your talk other, about a good game. Let's talk about your other boy. Your other boy, uh, Brandon Staley. I oh, mean, well, I don't know about that. I didn't. How? how the, one of our how favorite did they debates. Lose the Tennessee. One of our how, how does this happen? How do they lose? The Titans have no offensive line. None. No O line. Outside of a long Burks catch, no one cut, did anything. Chig was all right. Chig how was did Charger lose his game? I mean, how? What is I, going I, on I, in LA? What, I mean, what is this? This is where. Ray, you know, we talked about it on Friday, and I was super excited for this game because it was two two things coming together, right? And I talked about this. Is Tennessee's offense really as bad as we thought they were, like we saw week one? The answer clearly is no. Ryan Tannehill was awesome in this game. He wasn't amazing, but for him, he was great. 20 for 24, 246, a touchdown, and ran a read option, and beautiful. Air Tannehill. In the end zone, love to see a Derrick Henry grinded his way to 80 yards and a touchdown. Traylon Burks, as you mentioned, caught a long pass, 70 yards. Should have scored, but got hocked down. Happens. No big deal. But you talk about the Chargers. One, zero running game. Should have expected that. Shouldn't have started Josh Kelly. But people did. You know, I get it. The volume was supposed to be there. 13 carries, 39 yards. I don't know why Kellen Moore didn't just air it out all game long. And I talked about this on Friday. He should have just thrown the ball every play. He, Herbert was still fine. 27 for 41, 305, two touchdowns. He was sacked three times. He made a couple of crucial errors, especially late in the game, taking sacks. But yeah. like Keenan Allen, wide receiver one, eight reception on 10 targets, 111 yards, two touchdowns. Mike two touchdowns. Williams, eight for 13, 83 yards. Like both those guys absolutely ate on this Tennessee defense. They still couldn't win. Had to go to overtime, ultimately lost the game. Just poor performance all around. But you have to blame it on this defense. They have two of the highest paid edge rushers in the NFL, a top paid cornerback, Asante Samuel Jr. on a rookie contract. He's Darwin awesome. James. Like, Derwin, what are we doing in LA? But yeah, Keenan Allen, baller of the week, man. Wide receiver yeah. one. Absolutely phenomenal performance from Keenan Allen. But you can't help but wonder, how is Brandon Staley still the head coach when his marquee is defense and their defense is playing like garbage? Let's talk about Tennessee. Tannehill was efficient in this one. 20 for 24, uh, 246, one touchdown. He scored one on the ground, and he got beat up. I mean, Tannehill was getting, yeah. he was getting hit late. Um Kept getting up, and Tennessee is now they they are what are, is Tennessee two and zero? Did they beat? They lost in New Orleans. They lost in New Orleans. They lost, yeah, one and one. Uh, Derrick Henry got a touchdown in this one, grinded it out like you said, eighty yards. Traylon, you're just like I, I wish, I wish that he could get more volume. I mean, he had the big yeah. seventy yard catch. We hope we were like get in, get in, and he fell Saved down. His day, yeah, yeah. Hopkins went under his uh, his receiving prop. Didn't like that anyway. Nuke just. Nuke is just out there, baby. Nuke is just out there doing him. He looks okay, but for the by, by and large, the Chargers another are just good so performance from the Titans, man. They're so yeah, disappointing. So Such bad. a disappointing team, man. Jay, let's talk about the Atlanta Falcons and the Green Bay Packers. Desmond Ritter, Drake London, Bijan Robinson. Wake up game of the week. This team, man. This this team so far through two weeks. They put a lot of good stuff on tape. They've got a dominant running game. B. John Robinson yes. was incredible, dude. He he was phenomenal. I mean, the, the moves in the, in the hole, the speed. He's on pace for 85 receptions on the season. And Desmond Ritter got put in a position where he had to throw the ball in the second half. He couldn't just game manage that thing. And you know what opened up the offense for Desmond Ritter? The same thing that I talked about 
open up the offense for the Ravens and Lamar Jackson. The same thing that the Indianapolis Colts want to do with Anthony Richardson. They allowed Desmond Ritter to run. Let him use his legs. And once he started to run, you saw him get comfortable. He settled in. He made some great throws. Drake London, 6 for 7, 67 yards and a touchdown. It wasn't some massive blow-up 150-yard performance, but an encouraging step in the right direction. Bijan had his five targets, almost 50 yards, first 100-yard game on the ground. And then, you know, took his shots. Mac Hollins, Jonu Smith was involved early. The big loser on this offense, and we talked about it, Jay, at the start of the season, there was that report that Levitan dropped, that somebody yeah. told him that Pitts is going to be the fourth yeah. target. Um, well, well, it it has uh, it it has come to fruition at least early right now. Fifteen yards for Kyle Pitts, Jay. I mean, I don't know what to say. I I, I am I am a, at a loss. I. I've defended him. Overall pick, I am Kyle still Pitts. a Kyle Pitts fan. But Ray, you know what someone said in the in the chat? Guess what number he wears? Does I'm telling right? you, dude. It's right? the number. You can't do it's it. It's the number. It's quarterback. Yep. It's okay. Skill position, you don't want to wear number eight. I don't know what it is. You don't want to do it, man. It's the number eight. Jay, Desmond Ritter. How you feeling about Ritter right now? How how here's my thing on here's my here's my this is what I'm gonna say about Ritter. I don't think that he is an upper echelon quarterback. I believe he's the trailer, no. not the truck. Trucks are Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen. They can drag a team. He's not going to do that. But if they keep winning, which you look at this defense, they've got a good defense. They've got a strong running game. You've got a receiver that you can rely on. And you've got a head coach that just wants to run the ball. With Tyler Algier, with B. John Robinson, Drake London, this offensive line, defense is solid. They can absolutely win this division. They could yeah, absolutely, absolutely win. I believe they're favored to win the division. Them or the Saints are right there at the top, according to DraftKings. They yeah. could win this division. And if they win this division, they're not changing the quarterback. They're not going to – they're just – as long as Ritter doesn't screw this thing up, they're going to just continue to roll him out there. They don't have to pay him anything. If he can mm-hmm. learn the Arthur Smith offense and just hand it to Bijan Algier, make the couple of throws to London, ignore Kyle Pitts, throw it to Jonu Smith and Mac Hollins – He's going to be the guy. So just talk to me about Ritter and Kyle Pitts in particular. And how do you feeling about London today? Just give me everything from the Falcons side of the ball, absent Bijan and, and Algier. No need to talk about them. Yeah. So the thing with Ritter that's really interesting, Ray, is so I did the quarterback show on Friday talking about their odds for this week, right? And, and ranking them and talking about the discrepancies between Fantasy Life's rankings and DraftKings' rankings in terms of quarterback production. And when I really looked at the stats across the board, I saw two things. I saw Anthony Richardson's stats very much mimicked a light version of Josh Allen. And I saw Desmond Ritter looking as a mimicking a version of Justin Fields, just a lighter version of him. My concern for him is that this may be one of his best games of the season, right? Like they ran the ball effectively. They were in the game, but they were down and forced him to throw the ball 32 times. And he was still like a fringe QB one. And so with that, you're saying, what's the upside, especially for a team that's going to be playing worse teams than the Packers most weeks because their schedule is just absolute cake fest. So I think you look at that and you say, could he be a good quarterback? Sure. Probably a QB two. Would I trade for him? Probably not. But you look at London, six for seven, 67 yards and a nice touchdown from him. Matt Collins got involved. Bijan obviously did his thing. Johnu got involved, which I talked about when I did the Atlanta Falcons projections, how Arthur Smith likes to use two tight ends. And more importantly, Johnu Smith, very familiar with the system from his time in Tennessee, and he's already paying dividends for this offense already. We don't like it. 
but Kyle Pitts is basically irrelevant. Like he's basically irrelevant at this point. It, it, Ray, if you could trade Kyle Pitts for a second round pick, would you do it? No. No. So then what do you do with, do you just sit on him for, until sit. So pray that he turns out? So, the position is so garbage, position man. position is bad. All it's going to take is him to do one thing and people will be back in on him. I, st I still believe in the talent. I'm seeing but, people say trade him to Dallas Cowboys. Trade him to Dallas. We'll take him. We of trade course, everybody of course to Dallas. They will, yeah. Please, please. We we need it. No Brandon Cooks. They need it. No Brandon Cooks. MCL is out. L listen, man. People are like so. So Leo said in the chat. Shout out to Leo. Said, "What do the Falcons do in the playoffs, though? Do they think they're even going to have a uh, going to run their way into the Super Bowl? I'll tell you this right oh, yeah, now. I don't good. believe every NFL team even cares about that." I, getting to the playoffs, the economic end, the, the the money, the business revenue that they make off of that. I, I think team, teams are very aware of who they are and how far they can go. I don't think there's any any sort of delusional dreams in Atlanta that they can go out there and win the Super Bowl like that, and they probably don't care. They want to sell yeah. tickets. They want to put butts in the seats. And if they make the playoffs, that's even more revenue for that team. They can hype that up for the going into the next season. Everybody's goal as much as people want to tell you, oh, our goal is to win the Super Bowl, it ain't. It ain't. It's to win the division, get a playoff game, a home playoff game preferably, yeah. and then from there we'll see what happens. So I don't think Atlanta thinks that they're going to go out there to Kansas City or Dallas and and run their way to a Super Bowl, and I honestly don't think they care. Their, their team has people in the seats. People are excited. Yeah. People are buying Falcons jerseys. People are buy, paying for Falcons tickets. They're buying Falcons concessions. It's a business we look at it from some production standpoint. All the, the wins are all that matters. When Jerry Jones has like quadrupled his, his net income from the Dallas Cowboys, that's what it's about. It's about business, not about winning a damn Super Bowl. You could, they can say that all they want. Players may want it. Coaches may want it. But at the end of the day, what's the bottom line? Are we net positive or are we net negative? And right now, things for the Atlanta Falcons are net positive. And as long as they're net positive, they're probably going to continue to keep doing the same thing that they're doing right now. Green Bay side of the bar, we talked a little bit about Jordan Love. Jaden Reed got in the mix with two touchdowns. Dontavian yeah. Wicks got in the mix with two touchdowns. Nothing really from Romeo Dobbs or Luke Musgrave. And A.J. Dillon is the jag that we all knew and know that he is. No interest in J.J. Dillon, no interest in any of that. And I'm with you, Jay. I am firmly and have been firmly in the Jordan Love will not be nearly as bad as people think camp. So yeah. far, so good for Jordan Love. Let's talk about the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans, Jay. It started off like, oh boy, we might get, we're about to, we are about to get a game-breaking, record-setting performance. Anthony Richardson came out there early with Sharp throwing the ball with 6-10 for, I believe, 56 yards. And then he yep. had two rushing touchdowns before he was injured, self-reported his concussion. Then the attention turns to the other quarterback on the other side of the ball. C.J. Stroud is very good. I, I, that's He's good. This is what I'm going to say. These two young quarterbacks are very good. And if I were going to recommend anybody buy anybody, I've not said one time buy Puka, don't go buy. I haven't said buy anybody on this show this season. If I were going to get aggressive this week on acquiring a player for Dynasty, it would be C.J. Stroud. I think he is a souped-up version of Jared Goff. I mean, this kid, he's just a surgeon. And this offensive line is bad. He got rocked again. Another six sacks for C.J. Stroud. Beat yeah. up. I'm looking at what he's doing for his supporting cast, Jay. And I don't want to go so far as to call him a truck right now. But when you've got, when you're a rookie quarterback 
and Robert Woods, Nico Collins, and Tank Dell are all relevant, Dalton Schultz dropped two passes. He would have been a top 12 tight end had he not dropped a couple of balls. There's no running game. This team, and I know they have not won yet, right? This team is being carried by C.J. Stroud. This young man is very good. He and Anthony Richardson with Shane, and we talked about this on Friday. You look at Philadelphia's struggles offensively, losing Mm -hmm. Shane Steichen, and you look at how good this offense is. This offense, Jay, with Jonathan Taylor and another piece opposite Michael Pittman Jr. is is a dangerous one because the O-line is good. Zach Moss had a big game running the ball. Get another weapon there. Get an impact tight end there, or at least a, a serviceable tight end that can help out. This offense is very the, the Indianapolis Colts is very good. The Houston Texans offense led by CJ Stroud. I am just very impressed. I want some Tank Dell. I'm gonna talk about you see Nico Collins behind me. I'm gonna talk about him yes, on the sir. wide receiver Trinity video. Two good quarterbacks, two very good young quarterbacks. Pleasantly, pleasantly surprised by the performance of both of these guys early in the season. Yeah, I mean, you know, you talk about A. Rich, he would have had a monster game because even passing, he was really good. And it's just, I think for us, you know, you, you and I and everyone else who really believed in Shane Steichen, like it's a lot of validation that he was the guy that we wanted A. Rich to have at quarterback, regardless of who the quarterback was, whether it was Stroud, whether it was Bryce Young, whether it was A. Rich, or even at the time of the draft, Will Levis, we wanted a quarterback to be playing for Shane Steichen. And we believed that that was the system that'd be best suited for any quarterback's needs. But so impressed with what we saw from C.J. Stroud, because to sit back there and drop back and pass 47 times and have the team trust you to do that, because this yeah. is still like a Shanahan style offense where typically they do run the ball, protect the quarterback, a little bit yeah they were down a lot early they were down 28 to 10 in the first half but even still you know i think just to see stroud stack good performances on good performances i think that jared goff to joe burrow type of range of outcomes is what we're kind of seeing very early from cj stroud and making weapons like robert woods like tank dale dalton schultz and nico collins all relevant all of them that is important all of them right that is important because this team isn't good they're going to be in a lot of shootouts but if they can score points then there's going to be shootouts on both sides, right? We're going to see 30 points on one side, 25 on the other, and that's great for fantasy football. And why I'm totally with you, we should be buying CJ Stroud and just hoping that A. Rich is healthy because he's going to be great for fantasy all year if he is. Yep, yep. He hit his head on the back of the turf, self-reported it, but um, Leo said it. Uh, A. Rich could legitimately break it. I mean, he was on... That would, have been a, that would have been a fun game if he and CJ Stroud would have been able to duel that out, but luckily we get to see that for the next several years in the AFC South, Jay. Let's go to Washington, Denver, and let's just lead off with the man, um, our RB veteran baller of the week, Brian Robinson, proving to be the best running back out of Alabama. Big B-Rob. Let me tell you something, man. We give B-Rob a lot of shit on this show. We call him the the, the epitome of a grinder. You know, he is just, he is the archetype, the prototype grinder Said it for a long time. He's just gonna be. He is going to be a guy that's just a starting running back in the NFL for seven years. He's just going to be a starter. Never going to be an elite superstar, but he's just going to be a starting running back seven, eight years. He looked explosive yesterday. I saw him when he hit that open field. I'm like, that's B Rob. What yeah. B Rob do? B Rob got a jetpack on, but Brian Robinson showed some explosiveness. Got involved a little bit in the passing game. 42 receiving yards. Sam Howell, 299 through the air. Yeah. You look at this offense. Terry McLaurin got in the end zone. Eric Bieniemy, the Commanders, two and zero right now. Their defense is very good. Crazy. They have a very good defensive front. That defensive line, 
is very good. Had Russell Wilson scrambling around for his life. Russ did have 308 and three, had 56 rushing yards, led the team in rush, and got sacked about 100 times. Hit Marvin yeah. Mims on two big throws. Jerry Judy, nothing from him. Cortland Sutton, okay towards the end. What are your takeaways from the Washington Denver matchup? I mean, you kind of said it, right? Brian Robinson, 90% running back rush share. I mean, Antonio Gibson, can we just put him on the waiver wire now? Because the dude is basically irrelevant in this offense. Um, hopefully he can find a role. He did catch three passes, 44 yards, so it wasn't completely relevant. But from Send a rushing perspective, we'll I mean, it's, <laughs> it's all Brian Robinson. I'm happy to see Terry McLaurin get in the end zone. And I think, you know, you talk about Sam Howell really doing well in the intermediate, right? People talk about how he's a good deep ball thrower, but he's been living in the short intermediate area and getting targets to Diami Brown, who obviously he played with in college and was very successful with, getting targets to Brian Robinson, Antonio Gibson, John Bates, like Cole Turner, Jahan Dotson, just spreading it around, which isn't great for fantasy, but it's great for Sam Howe because he has a lot of options and clearly he's comfortable throwing to all these different players. And you know, you talked about Kansas City, this is very much the Kansas City way. It's not necessarily going to be a ton of star players and star receivers getting the ball, but a lot of spreading the ball around, getting it to the right place at the right time, to the right weapon, calling the right play. I think Banami is doing a pretty good job of that right now, and especially with the young signal callers still learning the offense. Having a performance like this, even against a Denver defense that, you know, has played okay to start the year, I still think they're a good defense, especially in the secondary. They had to come back a little bit in this game. I thought they played really well. <sighs> What is Sean Payton going to do? I'm not going to blame this one on Russ. He was looking I'm not going to blame this one on Russ. Defense didn't show up. Well, Let me just but ask, they does, 21 does points Russ in the finish first half? the season as the starter? Or, or no. well, you don't think so? You think Sean Payton is no. going to pull the shenanigans? Not, I think it's just, you know, the same thing we saw in for the Raiders last season, right? Like Derek Carr could have been the starter all year, and Josh McDaniels was like, forget well, it. We'll throw Derek Stidham in there, Jared right? Stidham? You want to see Stidham? I've. I think, you know, week 16, week 17, I think we could see it because, again, where's Denver going? They're 0-2. They're not playing well. Um, You know, know. they again, they started the game 21 early points. So you talked about Marvin Mims, 2 for 113 and a touchdown. Uh, Marvin Mims was awesome. I mean, he only played like 23% of snaps. Brandon Johnson. I mean, who is this guy? Two receptions, 66 yards, two touchdowns. Obviously caught the bomb at the end of this game. Stop. 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 You know. 60-something of them came on the last Hail Mary, so stop he, it. But stop. He, he, did he not have another touchdown, though? He, like, he yeah, did, the Hail Mary was the Hail Mary, but the, he's... Don't read the yardage line out to me like he went out there and got that. You know what I'm saying? Like, come on, man. Someone's got to make the play. He made it. Good for him. Cortland Sutton, 5 for 7, 66 yards. Jerry Judy did nothing. Like, I just... I don't know what to do with this Denver offense. And especially the running game. It's awful. Sean Payne's known for his running game, and they were awful in yeah. this game against this Washington defense. Den- Denver just looks... They just... Give him some time. Sean Payton just got in. This is Nathaniel. Ta- this is Nathaniel Hackett's team. He just got there. What do you? What do you want him to do? You, they got to get their guys in. Know, He's got to get his players in and his system installed. He already said this team. He already said Nathaniel Hackett put a bad product out there. He's already said the team was awful last year. So give Payton some time, man. Um, I'll tell you who was about to run out of time. This it was looking shaky. It. it I mean, me and D Bro was looking real, real rocky on old Twitter. When it was uh this Giants game because it was looking bad early. The Giants were down, what twenty eight to seven something like that twenty one z. I mean it was bad. Twenty one I mean, nothing like, in the first uh-oh. half. Versus the car. I mean Josh Dobbs was out there looking like he was the the second coming of a of a superstar quarterback. But ultimately the Giants were able to erase a twenty one point lead, come back and win largest in franchise history, and it was all because 
Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley decided to get busy. Daniel Jones, 26 for 37, 321, three touchdowns. He ran the ball, was throwing some crazy passes to Darren Waller, yeah. to Jalen Hyatt getting down the field. I mean, he just used Isaiah Hodgins got a touchdown. The offense finally looked like it woke up. Granted, albeit against the Arizona Cardinals, so we're not we're yeah. not going to go too far. But this was positive. Saquon Barkley had a couple of touchdowns. This was a good performance from that offense. They need if they would have lost this game, it would have been a mutiny. The O line is yeah. still terrible. Evan Neal is still a problem. And the biggest thing with the Giants team is defensively, they can't stop anybody. Defensively, yeah. they are terrible. Terrible. No pressure on the quarterback. Linebackers can't stop anybody, and they can't cover down the field. This is going to be a problem for the Giants, Jay. I'm very concerned about the Giants' schedule coming up. On a short week, they've got to deal with San Francisco, and I believe it's in San Fran. I believe it's on the road. Yeah, it is. With no Saquon Barkley, can't, like, what do you do with that? What's going to happen? What can you do with Daniel Jones? You just, I mean, you're going to play him, but yeah. I, I'm very nervous about what's about to happen. This, this could be a rough stretch for the Giants and Daniel Jones' offensive line is a problem, Jay. It is a problem. Yeah, so you talk about going to the Niners, right? Then their next game, Ray, is at home against Seattle, who looked a lot better in this yes. week. Then they play the Dolphins and the Bills in back-to-back -back weeks on the road. So they do not look to have a favorable schedule right now and going to be in big trouble. But talking about Daniel Jones, I think he'll be fine. You know, I think whether they're up or down, it will be all on him, which is good for fantasy, right? If you're playing him and you want to start him, I think he'll be okay because whether he has to run with his legs or throw the ball, I'm hoping it's not another Dallas performance like we saw in week one. Even though the 49ers defense is unreal, hopefully they can get something going. You know, we talked about the Bengals, how they lost this game. Thank God for the Giants. They won it, so they have some positive momentum going into this short week. But overall, it's very tough. But at least we saw their offense really going. Even though it was against a god-awful Arizona Cardinals team, they were able to win the game, come back. Daniel Jones, I I'm assuming you saw him when he ran it in to the end zone to tie the game, ultimately got called back. He was fired up. And I think a fired-up Daniel Jones, a motivated Daniel Jones, and finally seeing some positive momentum for this team will be good for them going forward for fantasy. But in terms of their actual team outlook, it looks really rough for the Giants for the next few weeks. Do you have any takeaways beyond Saquon? Because I was happy to see Jalen Hyatt get involved in this game. Yep. A couple deep shots they to him was good. Up. They open up the offense. Yeah. Let him throw it. They had Where's no choice, the right? passes we saw from training camp? Where are the deep shots? Throw the ball mm. down the field, man. And I get it. you got to protect him. It opened up when Daniel Jones started to do what, man? When you've got these athletic... Run them. Just let them run around a little bit. Ritter. Yep. Lamar. Jones. Uh, hell, even Dak ran around a little bit for Dallas yesterday. Let these guys use their athleticism and their legs to create offensively. Don't just have them dropping back, trying to sit back there and dissect the defense. It's not happening, man. Let them run around. Let them put a shoulder into somebody. Damn, man. Good job for Daniel Jones in the second half. It was against the Cardinals, but you know what? Win is a win. And for fantasy, three touchdowns, 300 yards, multiple yards on yeah, the ground. QB1. I'm man. Taking it. QB1, QB1 and, and Josh Jones. Dobbs, QB4 on yeah, the Dobbs, week. man. L listen, on the Arizona side of the ball, Josh Dobbs. Not it, bad. It, not bad. Not bad. Not going any further than that, but not bad from Josh Dobbs. James Conner looked incredible. He looked awesome. <laughs> 106 like on the ground pro. and a yeah, touchdown. He, he was ready to go. And Hollywood Brown, 10 targets for Hollywood, and he scored a touchdown. So offensively, Zach Ertz got involved. Trey McBride was involved a little bit later. 
the, the Arizona Cardinals are doing a great job. Let me tell you why the Cardinals are doing a great job. Back-to-back weeks, they, they're, they're competitive in the first half. They're kind of there in the third quarter. And then they realize, hey, man, Caleb Williams, Marvin Harrison, reel it back yeah, in. Yeah, owner makes a phone call. Hey, yeah, hey, hey, the phone hey, call, hey somebody chill picks it up out, the chill phone. All right, y'all did enough. Thank you for at least making the product competitive. Go ahead and shut it down. And then the Giants yeah. came back. Caleb Williams is still intact. All is well in Arizona fans are happy. They're like, man, man, look at Hollywood, and we got some pieces here. Wait till we get Caleb. Yeah. So Arizona fans should be happy they did the game right. Seahawks, Lions, let's wrap it up, Jay, right here. Geno Smith, hey, man, he still ain't writing back. I think G- Geno Smith is not a fluke. Geno Smith in He's this good, offense, man. he was down both of his starting tackles, came out there and got the job done. Took it to overtime. Tyler Lockett with the big game. DK Metcalf yep. almost had a touchdown in this so one. Close. Kenneth Walker still uh, inefficient, but scoring touchdowns doesn't matter. JSN didn't do anything in this one. On the other side of the ball, Jared Goff played very well, absent the pick six. Amon Ross yep. St. Brown does what he does, right? He gardeners targets, gets up the yards. Can we get a, can we get Amon Ra in the end zone? Can we get an Amon Ra touchdown? Hey, Josh Reynolds week. talked about him on the first Trinity video. Uh, mm-hmm. This is who you want. This is their deep play threat. This He's playing the yep. Jamison Williams role. Make sure you get you some Josh Reynolds. Jameer Gibbs did lead the team in targets with nine. So if you're looking for some positives on the Detroit side of the ball, Jameer Gibbs, nine targets. Sam Laporta, again, very impressed by this rookie tight end class. Laporta and Dalton Kincaid in particular. Another six targets, yep. 63 yards for Sam Laporta. Encouraging moving forward for the Detroit Lions. In the Sunday night game, Jay, Miami and New England, it was a, I thought it was Oof. a good game. I, here's my thing. Let me start with New England. What's very evident is they need they need some speed. They need a guy. Just one. Just a receiver. I mean, Anybody. Parker did the best he could. Kendrick Bourne did the best that he could. Hunter Henry scored. They just have nobody that defenses fear. Nobody. They just they were man coverage the whole night. Like, we're not yeah. no help. We'll blitz the house. These receivers can't beat us deep. Juju looks like a shell of himself. Like, he looks cooked. He looks yeah. absolutely cooked. Parker's okay. Kendrick Bourne is okay. Thought Mac, dude, Mac Jones running around. I thought he played all right. I thought Mac Jones did his best he could. I thought he played well. I thought Mac played well, but they just don't have anybody. This offense is just, it's slow and it's stagnant and it is it lacks playmakers. Look on the Miami side of the ball. Uh, they did a great job defensively. New England is good. They shut down yeah. Tyreek Hill. Jalen Waddle, outside of that one long catch and run, did nothing. And then outside of uh, letting Raheem Mostert just run unimpeded through the middle of the line, defensively, New England did a good job. Christian Gonzalez is good. They they yeah. have a very good team. And the best play that I've seen in football in a long time, the running start block field goal, yeah. better believe more teams are going to do that. That was dope. That was dope. Best play that I've seen in football in a long time. Tua, Tua was solid, right? Tua was solid. He was okay. He was surprisingly actually for fantasy, he wasn't great, right? No. That's that's the no. big issue. You know, you talk about Trevor Lawrence and how he was bad. Tua was just as bad. He was barely ahead of Gardner Minshew in terms of overall ranks. Yes. Raheem Mostert was awesome, though. Yes. Like you talk about not, and I think the biggest thing for me with Mostert is not just that he was great on the edges where we know he can be great. He was great between the tackles, too. He really had to grind out some yards. I think he was pretty good, but Ray, I think my hot take, maybe not so hot, but 
in my opinion, the Patriots are playing a lot like a really bad version of the Vikings. And so you look at their playmakers across the board. You look at their quarterbacks, right? Playing, I think, and I don't want to say this, they look good. I know they're 0-2. They lost yeah. against Philadelphia. They were right there at the end of that game. And I thought the end of this game was BS, man. Like, just don't end it on that. Don't. Oh, he was short. Just, I, I don't know, man. That just, a, uh, just, a, just a crap way to end that game because... Mac was on fire at that point, and they probably were going to score and at least bring it to overtime. I think New England looks, they look much improved. This, I know they're 0-2, but this team doesn't feel or play like an 0-2 football team. They're right there, but you got to find a way to get it done. Almost doesn't count. Close doesn't count. They've got to find a way to get it done. But overall, I was encouraged by New England. Hunter Henry, like you said, another tight end one performance. He was tight end two freak. on the week, yeah. No, no, no one, no one wants Hunter Henry, and he's just sitting right there, and he's just delivering every single week. They just need, they need some guys. They're too slow offensively, Jay. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing is the running game was bad, but yeah, you you talk about Mac Jones. He's literally a discount Kirk Cousins. Like the weapons are awful, that's a good, but that's a good he's call. thrown the ball, and that's more what I was going at, right? Like if, if we talked about Mac Jones coming out, he he was Kirk Cousins. We wanted him to go to the Niners to beat Kirk Cousins for Kyle Shanahan. Obviously, ended up in New England, but he's thrown the ball ninety six times the first two weeks of the season. That's absolutely insane for a Patriots offense. And yeah, the weapons are kind of you know so so, but Mac's still getting them the ball, completing passes at a pretty decent level. And getting yards and touchdowns. And so for that reason, like you should be potentially buying into Devontae Parker if you can get him really cheap or a Hunter Henry or even a Gasicki who still had six targets, five receptions, 33 yards. Like Kendrick Bourne led the team with nine targets. These guys aren't great and they're not exciting to own on your rosters, but there will be fantasy points to be had here because the volume is just so high. And this is why I talk so much about volume. Like you have to know, pay attention to this kind of stuff because there will be fantasy points if the volume is going to be there. And for the Pats, they keep passing the ball so much and the running game is putrid. You might as well throw the ball. All right, Jay. Tonight we've got two games. We've got Cleveland and Pittsburgh. And then we have the Saints and the Panthers. What are you looking forward to seeing tonight from either game? Uh, biggest thing for me is still the Saints defense because I love watching the Saints defense play. I think they're going to absolutely destroy Bryce Young, so I'm a little bit worried for him. Um, but the biggest thing for me is Deshaun Watson because Amari Cooper, I believe he's been ruled out already. If not, he was very unlikely to play if not ruled out already. So we should see Elijah Moore, some DPJ. How does Watson look? Should see a big game from Nick Chubb. And then please, for the love of God, can Kenny Pickett play like yeah. decent? Like yeah. decent. That's all I'm asking for, Kenny. Like play all right. But to be fair... Cleveland Browns defense is menacing, and all they have is George Pickens. So you talk about two really good defenses against two shaky quarterbacks and offensive lines. Could be disgusting games on Monday night, but you know I think the Saints will win pretty big. I want to see Rashid Shahid be the number two in that offense because I think that could end up happening. But outside of that, I'm not really looking for too much on the other side of the ball. I mean, maybe George Pickens' game. Nothing from Carolina. I mean, what are we going to see from them against the Saints defense? Miles Probably nothing. Sanders, maybe some Jonathan Mingo, Hayden Hurst. Yeah. And then, of course, you want to see Bryce Young. I mean, it's a tough test for him. He's a divisional opponent. It's going to be a tough test versus New Orleans. And like you said, Deshaun Watson, absent Amari Cooper, Elijah Moore, we'll David Njoku, Nick Chubb, Kenny Pickett, Najee Harris. What's that offense going to look like? Get two Ooh, games. Yeah, tonight, I didn't think about so. the, the running game. The yeah, running, running game for Pittsburgh uh, Cleveland against Cleveland. The real, yeah, Cleveland's defense is the real deal, too. So, Yuck. Yep, we got those two games Monday night. But that is the show. We're seven minutes over. 97 minutes. My back's hurting, Jay. I'm standing up. Back is hurting. Appreciate everybody being in here. They said a super chat. Yeah, yeah, I got one from David right here. David from across the pond says, Super Chat, shout out, David. I have no affiliation with any college. Pick a team for me. Uh, not glory hunting, though. 
Also, is it possible we have six or seven first-round wide receivers in April? I don't know if we're going to get seven of them, David, but we're probably going to get it. I, I think right now, if I had to put my money on it, probably five. Like right now, I'd say five first-round receivers. So, yeah. I think five would be a good number. Set the set the over-under at five and a half. Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, Keon Coleman. I think Romo Dunze is going to be in there. And then Xavier Worthy. Xavier Worthy, Troy Franklin battling for that. Troy Franklin, uh, Xavier Worthy battling for that. Appreciate you, Kyle. Yeah. Kyle from uh, Kyle said from the fantasy uh, from the Full Press Fantasy Podcast. Go. Say good show, good people. Appreciate everybody being in there. Is there another super chat? Did we miss any? Did, Did we you, miss need, any? you need to give David a college to affiliate with. Who who is Ray? Actually, that's a good question. Who is your up and coming program in college football? If you kind of have an idea of who you may pick for that, or would you just go with a favorite, like a big time program? For college affiliation. It's just, oh, taking the glasses off. Okay. Do you need a little, oh. Prime oh. time, baby. Prime. See you on Friday. Before y'all close off of the video, I just want to say thank you for checking out the content on Destination Devi. Really appreciate every single view that we get. And the only thing that I ask is that you hit the thumbs up button, like the content, subscribe to the channel. And if you can, comment below for the algorithm really helps the channel grow. Now, if you want more exclusive access to me and the entire Destination Devi team, patreon.com forward slash all gas gives you that access. Now, if your money's a little funny, we do have free content for you. Make sure you subscribe to the All Gas newsletter. There's a link in the description of this video below. And subscribe to the Destination Debbie podcast radio feed, where we got all types of shows hitting airwaves every single week. Now y'all can get out of here. I appreciate y'all tapping in. It's All Gas all the time. I love y'all. I'm out of this thing. Peace.